This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Y'all bring a Bible with you tonight? Let's get into the Word of God here. We've got about 45 minutes. We can get after it. And, uh, and I tell you what, praise God. No telling what might happen. You'll probably end up getting blessed before it's over with. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. We're using this as our series text when we're talking about what faith is, how it works, the operation and the function of faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews, chapter 11. And if you would, please, let's pray together. We'll get into this. Father, we thank you so much for this portion of our service tonight. We're so grateful because the entrance of your word gives light. It illuminates our hearts, our minds, and our understanding. And not only that, Father God, but it, it paves a path for each and every one of us, Father, into the purposes and plans that you have. Hallelujah. How grateful we are, Father, that you've called us for a time such as this. And that, Father God, you have named us, hallelujah, in your own book and made us the children of God. And thank you, Father God, for this access that we have, that we can come to you, pray to you, that you'll answer us. And not only that, Father God, but we serve within this world as your servants to complete, to finish, to fulfill, to hasten the coming of the Lord Jesus. So we thank you for your divine guidance. We thank you for your leadership. We thank you, Father God, for having us go in the way you would have us to, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Our text here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Drop down to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him, or to God, must believe that he is, or that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Glory to God. Well, we've been talking about this subject here for now about the last five weeks, actually. I think we're on number six now, talking about faith, what it is, how it works, hallelujah, its operation, function within our lives. I mean, praise God, there's nothing like it. It's, it's a game changer. When a person has faith, the Bible makes reference to the fact there are those who have no faith or little faith, and then there are those that have strong faith or great faith. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be of the company of great and strong? Amen. We all do, of course. And there's an easy way to do that. I tell you, we are so privileged to be able to have God's living word in written form in 66 books of the Bible, and especially the New Testament. A lot of the examples and things that we use of the Old Testament, they didn't have what you and I have. They, didn't, they weren't on this side of redemption. Not only that, but they didn't have the life of God on the inside of them as you and I do. Hallelujah. Born of his spirit. They had the spirit of God perhaps upon them and you know for the laity what we call laity or you know just people in general they had to look to the prophet uh, for a, a word from God hallelujah so I tell you what we're way up on the top side of this thing as far as what's possible <clears throat> and of course as the angel said with God all things are possible Praise God. And so we're talking about this subject, and I want to kind of dive into it this evening in, a, in another uh, way here, just to simply begin with this, this, uh, this thought and, uh, and then move forward from there. But <clears throat> I think we all know it, but maybe we don't always realize it, but, you know, growing in faith is a process, 
Spiritual growth is a process. It's, it's really no different than natural growth. I mean, you know, when we're born into the world, we got little Liam now, you know, he's two years old. And he's, I mean, every time we see him, it looks like he's grown leaps and bounds and whatever. I mean, just changing almost daily, you know. So there's a process of growth that's taking place within his little life, you know. And, and uh, I, I can't remember what he said here once a little bit ago. He says, well, w- when I was little, when I was small, <laughs> You know, we're thinking to myself, you know, you got a long ways to go, Bubby, you know, but the reality is, is that it's a process. Naturally, you know, we are to grow. And, uh, and of course, if there were something, you know, if a person wasn't growing, then we would obviously think that there's something wrong. Well, the same thing's true spiritually, you know, but I guess the point is, is that it requires time for development, and the same thing's true where our spiritual lives are concerned. You know, when the Apostle Paul was talking, he wrote a tr- uh, letter, his second letter actually, to those of uh, Thessalonica, or as it is uh, commonly known now as Thessaloniki, you know, that city and the church that was there. He said, we, are, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as it is right, because your faith is growing one translation says abundantly or exceedingly. So in other words, he points out the fact that these believers within the church, their faith was growing and it was growing abundantly or exceedingly. He went on then to say, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So they had faith and love going on in the church. Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, you know, it'd do, that, it'd do a lot of churches a lot of good if they get that going. Amen. But again, he said, because your faith is growing exceedingly or abundantly. Now, conversely, when he wrote his first letter to the church there in Corinth in chapter 3, well, eh, the whole growing thing wasn't happening so much. He made this statement. He said, and brethren, I couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto were you not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. For where you, uh, for you are yet carnal. Hallelujah. What an encouraging word. Huh? You know, just got up there and said, and he said, and this is the reason why, whereas there is you know, among you, envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as ordinary people? In other words, they weren't growing. There wasn't the kind of change taking place spiritually within their lives for them. So again, you know, when we talk about growing in faith, it is a process. But that growing in faith is a process based upon relationship. Everybody say relationship. The way that you grow in faith is based upon our relationship with God. And, um, so, and, and so if we say that growing in faith is a process based on relationship, faith is built by relationship. And I, I would, I would, I would uh, use this example. You know, in the natural, we talk about, you know, somebody might say, well, how, do, how, how well do you know someone? you say, well, I know them pretty well, you know, I mean, I've been around them, I've been talking to them, and this and that and the other, you know. If someone were to ask me how, I, how well I know my wife, I'd say, I know her pretty well. Amen. I mean, we've been together for 50 years, 51 actually. You ought to know somebody by now, you know what I'm saying? Well, what, what's, the, what's the deal? It's because of relationship. It's the relationship that we have. And the same thing would be true, you know. Think, think with me for just a moment of maybe uh, 
a person in your life that maybe other than your spouse that that uh, you know pretty well you know how well do you know them well I, I know them pretty well you know we grew up together we you know I don't know you know what the circumstance how it might be created but the reality is is you know you say well this is my very very, very best friend like for example I have a uh, my probably one of my best friends is Monty Knudsen and I know him really really well you know so in other words the relationship that I have with him makes me to know you know if someone were to say something about him that was different from how I know him I'd say well I don't think that could be right because I know him you with me? So in other words, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, the better that you get to know someone, the greater or the, or the larger the increase is of confidence and assurance that you have with them. And the same thing's true with God. Again, the greater and the better that you come to know your heavenly Father through the Word of God, Again, the greater the assurance and the greater the confidence is going to be. You know, it's interesting because we're going to look at Abraham a little bit later in our lesson this, uh, this evening. But I remember one time, you know, in an encounter that, that uh, the Lord had had with Abraham, he said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I purpose to do, you know? And, and he went on to explain this had to do with Sodom and Gomorrah and that's when he made his petition before the Lord and said, if there's 10 righteous, wouldn't you spare the city for 10 righteous? And he said, if I can find 10, I will. Well, he couldn't. He only found, what, eight or less? Uh, not very many, okay? It didn't work out so good for them. But my point is, is in, that, in, the, in, the, in the context or the discourse of that, that body of, of uh, the word of God, he said, for I know him. God said that of Abraham, I know him. In other words, their relationship had been tested, it had been proven. In other words, he knew of the integrity of Abraham and who he was. And that's the same kind of thing that he wants to have with you, amen? Aren't you glad for that? And thank God we can sure do that. And Abraham wasn't any different than any of the rest of us. So again, it creates assurance, relationship does, and it, it, it creates confidence wow and that's so important especially in the day and age that we live in hallelujah you know it's so good to have a relationship with God that we don't ever have to be afraid we don't have to be concerned why because we have a relationship with him and he said praise God I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you I'll always be at your side and be at your aid the Bible we read in the scriptures there in in uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another translation, Moffat says, now faith means we are confident. Everybody say confident. Confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Weymouth's translation says, did I say Weymouth on that? Moffat's, that's right. Weymouth says, now faith is the well-grounded assurance. How can our faith be well-grounded and causing, uh, you know, to bring about assurance, well-grounded assurance in our life? How does that happen? It happens through relationship, what we come to know. So again, it is the well-grounded assurance of that which we hope for and a conviction of the reality of things which we do not see. 
You know, it's like God said. He says, listen, if you'll do this and walk in my ways and follow my, he said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. Praise God, I'll make you go over, not under. That's what God said. You know, if we'll just follow him and live for him. So the relationship that you build with God, it takes time. Amen. I'm a long ways down the road from where I first met Jesus. How, at least I think I am anyway. Hallelujah. And that's uh, because of the process that takes place, which takes time. So the way one builds a relationship with God is through his word. You know, you can't see him, so all you got is this. And when I say all you have, it's really all you need. Amen? You know, so we have the word of God. That's the way we build a relationship with him. It's just like John said, but these things are written that you might believe. These things are written that you might believe. Now, if you don't choose to be, believe the word of God, then there's no help for you. Okay, you're just kind of on your own. But you know what? You can believe the word of God. You can believe God's living word. You can believe what it is that he said. Hallelujah. He watches over his word to perform it in your life. Hallelujah. You say, yeah, but it's not going fast enough. Well, listen, that's above my pay grade. But I can tell you this much about it. He said that if you'll do these things, I will make you. But a lot, a lot of times uh, believers, children of God, I mean, Christians, they're not faithful you know, if it doesn't happen right away or something doesn't change immediately or whatever the case might be, then they won't take God at his word and they'll just have to you know, slug it out for themselves. But thank God you don't have to do that. Amen. You know, a lot of times you come in trying times where your life is concerned. There's pressure that's applied. Same thing happened to Abraham. But as a, a matter of a relationship and walking with God, there was a place to where he reached where God himself said, I know this guy. Well, the question is, how well does he know you? You know, if we're up today, down tomorrow, all over the place, we don't have to be. We may not always understand. I mean, you think about when God asked Abraham for his son. He just went out and obeyed. And, and you know, Isaac's saying, you know, we got everything we need except there's no sacrifice. And he said, God will provide it. I don't know how in the world it's going to happen, but he's going to do it. And he did. Hallelujah. And so we can see in that uh, particular relationship that, that Abraham had, what a, what a wonderful example of faith and having a relationship with God as God spoke to him. And like I mentioned, you know, even in my own personal life, I knew very little about God when I got saved. Matter of fact, I didn't know much of anything. I had religion, but I didn't have any kind of relationship until I got born again. And then is when I began to learn who God was, his will for my life, and the plan and the purpose and the steps that were necessary for me to be able to enjoy heaven's best. Hallelujah. How many of you know you got to obey? When you find out what the Bible has to say, then you got to listen, not only listen, but you have to put into practice what it is that he says. Glory to God. And so my point to that is, is that even though when I first got saved, I, I really didn't have any knowledge of him, I got acquainted with him through the word. Everybody say through the word. So, you know, this is, this is so key, it is so important, it is so foundational, you know, when it comes to this whole matter about faith. And, and you know, a lot of times you, people will say, well, I need faith for money, I need faith for healing, I need, you know, whatever it is, some form of personal need within their life. I'd like to suggest to you, if you just get acquainted with him, the faith you need for whatever you need will come to you. 
but we don't want to do that. You know, we just say, hey, God, you know, I got this big need. We shoot up a flare. Come on and fix it. That's not the way it works. God wants us to walk with him. And as we walk with him, he'll say, I'll take care of that. And I'll take care of that. And I'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? And so it's important for us to understand. In other words, I'm just I, I'm, I'm endeavoring to help you to just get your eyes off of the issues, the problems, and the whatever, and place them on the relationship that God wants to have with you. Because in Him is fullness of joy. In Him there is peace like a, I mean, you know, like nothing else you've ever had. And we're all wrought up and, you know, stirred up and, you know, knotted up, whatever you want to call, on, on all these other things. And we're missing the force for the trees, you guys. Let's just learn about him. Let's grow into him. And then, praise God, he'll be able to whisper to our heart the things that we need to know about whatever it is that's going on in our lives. Because he wants to. He wants you to know. He wants you to have the answers that you're needing where your life is concerned. So here's my question for you tonight. How well do you know him? How well do you know him? Now, there's two things that can happen when I make that statement, you know, um, a lot of times people, if you're not careful, you can allow condemnation and say, well, you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't know him very well. Well, I like to suggest to you that you probably know him better than you think. There's a lot of things you know about him, but again, all of the wranglings and all of the noise and all of the things that are, you know, going on around us, <clears throat> you know, it, it serves to help us lose sight of what it is that we know. And certainly there is no place in your life where condemnation is concerned and you go beat yourself up because you don't know him as well as you think you should. That's from the devil. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, oh yeah, I'm way behind. I should, you know, well, shouldn't we all? And so that's really not the point that we want to talk about here this evening. And so, but, but again, I'd ask you, how well do you know him? But then another question I'd ask is, where do you come to know him from? And I think all of you know the answer to that. It's the word. So we need to, we need to spend a whole lot, a lot more time in the Bible seeing what it is that God not only has said, but what it is that he has done for those who love him. Hallelujah. Thank God. I mean, you know, find buried treasure, read the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. So faith is born out of the word of God. That's what the Bible says. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. But here's another thing about faith, and I've said this before, but unfortunately it was we as believers leak, you know, and so faith kind of go, you, you, it, it's got to continually be being poured into our lives, hallelujah, for, for the sufficiency of this day and for what it is that's in front of us, hallelujah. But if we don't do that, if we don't have the habit, you know, whatever it is that that looks like in, in terms of devotion, then we're going to miss, miss out on it. So faith is born of the word of God. You, you have a, the word of God or, or a word, you could say, of God that is given to you as you expose yourself to the Bible. So it's the word of God, or it even could be a word of God. Abraham's a great example of that. He didn't have the, the Bible as you and I know it, but God came and visited him, didn't he? You know, in Genesis chapter 12. Matter of fact, let's go over there and let's take a look at this guy. We're going to look at two different examples. We're going to look at uh, Abraham and then we're going to look at David. 
talking about this matter of relationship. Powerful, powerful, powerful examples in the Bible about these two different men. Now notice what it says here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, so, so I'm sorry, his name is actually Abram because that will change here in a little bit. But the Bible says that God spoke to Abram, okay? The Lord said to Abram, he said, get thee out of thy country and from your kindred and from your father's house and to a land I will show you. Now notice verse two, it says, and I will make of you. What tense is that? That's future tense, isn't it? Huh? So he's starting this relationship out with Abraham, Abram, I'm sorry, Abram. And he, he's beginning this relationship with him. And he said, I want you to do this and I will make you. Okay? He didn't say you are. He said, I will make you. And so at 75 years of age, this guy packed it up, took off, and took his little nephew uh, Lot with him, and away they went, okay? But he said, I will make you. How many times do we read in the uh, Word, and I, I made reference to it earlier, I'll make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. You know, I mean, there's scripture, I mean, all kinds of things in the Word of God that tells us that God, he said, I am your shield and your buckler. I am your exceeding great reward. Hallelujah. I'm the one who will protect you. Amen. These are all in the Bible. Hallelujah. And they belong to us. They belong to you. So you might as well take them as your own. Can you say amen? So anyway, he said, I'll, uh, you know, if you'll do this, I'll make you. And away he went. Now, let's go over to verse or uh, chapter 17. A lot of things go on between chapter 12 and, and, and verse 17, because now we're 20 some years down the road, okay? Maybe about 23, 24, maybe somewhere in there. And notice in chapter 17, it says that when Abram was 90 uh, years old and nine, so when he was 99 years old, 24, la 24 years later, he says, the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said unto him, I am Almighty God, hallelujah. El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant with you, or between me and thee, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him and said, now listen, listen to what he says. As for me, my covenant is with you and you will be a father of many nations. So again, he's pointing to a, something in the future. But notice things change here in a real hurry. Notice what it says in verse 5. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, or in other words, father of a great multitude or father of nations. Now listen. Listen to this last phrase. For a father of many nations, what's the last four words? Have I made you. 
So he said, I will make you. But then all of a sudden, right here in this moment, he changes his name to be father of nations. And he said, because a father or, or uh, a father of many nations, have I made you? How many of you know God calls those things that be not as though they were? And he changed Sarah's name. If you go on reading in these verses, uh, I don't know, somewhere like in verse 15 or something of that nature. And he goes on then in six and says, I'll make of you, I'll make you uh, uh, exceeding fruitful and make nations of thee and the kings will come out of you and I'm going to establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I'm going to give you and your seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I'm going to be their God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So I want you to notice the change. So he's, he's had relationship with him from the time he said, get out from among, among your own countrymen and I am going to make you. So they have this relationship. And all of a sudden in this moment, a word from heaven comes and he said, I have made you a father of many nations. So your name is no longer Abram, but Abraham. And her name is no longer Sarai, but Sarah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? And you know, so he said at this moment, if we, if we read in all of this, that <clears throat> in chapter 18, the Lord appeared to him and he said, uh, uh, from I mean, a year from now, baby, you're going to have what's necessary. Now, she, she was barren. She'd never had children. Not only that, she's 90 years old. So, I mean, you talk about impossible. That's exactly what we're talking about. Okay, and so we have all these things that are going on, but you know, she laughed about it. You know, she said, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Even Abraham did. You know, I mean, it was kind of like, really? And, and God said, yep, really, I'm gonna bring this to pass. I'm gonna do this for you, hallelujah, because of this relationship that they had with one another. And the Bible says that Abraham, what? Believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now, there's a companion scripture. Notice, go with me over to the New Testament, chapter, or Romans chapter 4. And notice uh, something the Apostle Paul records for us as it relates to these incidents uh, that we've just been talking about. Look at uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. Notice Paul makes comment here saying, as it is written... I have made thee a father of many nations. So he is referring to, uh, um, I guess it would be uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. Okay, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens or makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, notice this, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. Hallelujah. He believed God. And not and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now notice this, and being fully persuaded that what it is that he had promised, hallelujah, he was able also 
to perform. How'd that come about? It came about by relationship. It came about by them having a relationship with one another. It came about as God spoke to him about his will, his plan, his purpose, and the truth about God's plan for his life. And the Bible says he believed God, hallelujah, who against hope believed on in hope. He said, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I believe him, praise God. And he brought it to pass. Here's something important for you to understand. If you want to be strong in faith, then you can't sit around and think about all the negatives that oppose you. Because we all have them, huh? I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't know what it is that you got maybe that's going on within your life. But you can't sit around and think about all of the negatives that oppose you because they're everywhere. You have to focus on what it is that he said. Amen? When the devil says it's not going to work, they don't love you, I mean, whatever it is that's going on, you got to come back to the simple fact, this is what God said about me. Hallelujah. But you know, you got to find a place where it's written. If you don't know what he said about you, then you're in no man's land. But thank God he said some wonderful things about you. Amen. For example, he said, don't ever be afraid. Hey, I like that. Don't ever be afraid. Fear thou not. That's what the King James says. But I mean, really, it's just saying, don't be afraid. Don't ever be afraid. He said, and then he went on to say, here's the reason why. Because I'm with you. Glory to God. You know, when we go to work, when we get in our cars, when we do whatever it is we do, He is not only with us, but for us and in us. So we don't ever have to be afraid again. Glory to God. And not only that, He says, don't be dismayed. Don't ever be discouraged. Now that will be a nice challenge for you. How many of you ever been discouraged before? Holy cow. We all have. But yet right here in the scriptures, he's saying, listen, don't ever be discouraged. And here's the reason why. Because I'm your God. We're talking about relationship, you guys. He said, I am with you and I'm your God. Well, is he your God tonight? That thank God you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be dismayed. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I don't know what of this. I don't know. You know, sometimes we, we chase our tail. Roxy chases her tail. I don't know. She doesn't have a tail. Yeah, Daisy doesn't even have a tail, a tail to chase. She can't even chase it because it ain't there. It's just got a nub. <laughs> Well, even if she did, it would be an exercise in futility. And the same thing's true where your life is concerned. You don't ever have to be afraid or discouraged again. Why? Because he's with you. Hallelujah. And not only that, he said, I am your God. You're my God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? And then he went on to say, he said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. He said, and I will, yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, if he's going to uphold you, then praise God, you can't fail. You can't fall. I mean, you might fall, but he'll hold you, pick you back up again. Amen. Why? Because he's our God. Hallelujah. He said, I'm with you. Glory to God. And we need to get these truths, you know, embedded down on the inside of us so that when stuff comes, we can just laugh at the devil. You say, you're a liar. Praise God. Haven't you read in the scriptures that God is on my side and if God be for me, who can be against me? And you know, you just need to tell him what the Bible says. I guarantee you he'll leave in a hurry because he doesn't like the word because that's what judges him.
So we don't, we don't make the Word of God, now listen to this, <laughs> we don't make the Word of God true because we believe it. It's true regardless. Did you hear me? You don't, you don't make the Word true because you believe it. It's always been true. Huh? It's true whether you believe it or not. Praise God. You know, when we read scriptures in the Bible that my God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, it's true whether you believe it or not. When it says, beloved, I wish and desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper, it's true whether you believe it or not. And people will say, yeah, but you know, my circumstance is this. It don't make any difference what your circumstance is. I said, it doesn't matter. You know, the thing about your circumstances is, is that it's temporal and it's subject to change. And the way it gets changed is when you start believing what it is that he said about you. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can do that. You can do that. You've got faith. The Bible says God has dealt to you the measure of faith. So you got what you need. Hallelujah. We might need to do a little growing. You know, get it under one of them grow lights, you know, and make sure you got all the nourishment and nutrients it needs and the water and the whatever. Praise God. Get that thing to grow. And you say, I ain't got no green thumb. Well, then ask God to give you one. You with me? Hallelujah. So we don't make the word of God true because we believe it. It's true regardless of whether we believe it or not. So confidence and conviction or what we talked about earlier. Remember that scripture that, uh, from Moffat's translation? Uh, let me read it to you again. Faith is the well-grounded assurance of that which we hope for. It is a conviction of the reality of things we do not see. I'll make reference to, remember... Uh, Elisha's servant, he went up on the, you know, he was down Dothan, and the Syrian uh, king was after him, and they surrounded him, and so the, the, the servant went up there, you know, and he's probably going for water, or whatever the case might be, and looked out, and he said, man, dude, we are in trouble. He comes back, he asked my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said, he says, uh, fear not, there's more that be with us than be with them. You know, well, this guy, he wasn't seeing into nothing. But you got to know that there is a reality beyond what you and I can see, and that is where God indeed exists. Hallelujah. And he said, Father, I pray thee open his eyes. And he opened, he seen the chariots of fire. They were always there. God is always with us. He's in us. He's amongst us. He's on our side. He's for us. Hallelujah. In the, in the most pressing issues of our life, God is right in the middle of that deal. Amen. He's not hiding, and he's not afraid, and he doesn't want you to be either, and he doesn't want you to be discouraged because he's about to do something, praise God, that no one else can do where your life is concerned. Hallelujah. That's how he gets glory. Amen. Just like this deal with Abraham, man. I mean, you know, I mean age was not on his side. And yet, praise God, God did exactly that. He did a miracle. And he performed his word in this man's life. Hallelujah. The same thing that he wants to do where your life is concerned as well. Amen? So, uh, conviction of the reality of things which we do not see. So, confidence and convictions are qualities we develop. And we do it through our relationship with God. Everybody say, I can do that. Yeah, you can sure do that. Praise God. Amen. So, you know, uh, you're familiar with the scripture in 1 John chapter 5 and 14. This is the confidence that we have in him. Where'd that confidence come from? It came from a relationship, didn't it? 
This is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know. We don't wonder. We don't think about it. We're not thinking maybe. No, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I've used this illustration many times, but it bears repetition. You know, when our son, you know, was growing up, got to be 16 years old and didn't quite have his truck yet or whatever, you know, he came to me and says, Dad, I was wondering if I could use the car tonight or, you know, whenever. And uh, let's say tonight that works. And I said, well, okay, what are you going to do? Where are you going? What time will you be home? This and that and the other. He tells me all the details. I say, okay, great. That'll be wonderful. You can use the car. So if he came back to me about an hour or two later and he said, hey, Dad, I was just wondering, you know, is there any possibility I could use a car tonight? I'd probably check his temperature. I would probably say, didn't we have this conversation? Well, yeah, you know, but I, I wasn't real convinced, you know, that, 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 that you really would let me have it. Son, I told you that if you do this and that and the other, we already talked about what your plans are. I, I like the plan. It's going to be good. Yes, you can use the car. You know? Well, again, if he came back at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and asked me the same question, we'd probably be checking him in someplace. You know, just to see what in the world's going on here. Well, that's what happens with us a lot. This is the confidence that you and I can have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. And if he hears us, if we know that he hears us, then we know. We don't wonder, but we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It's like Abraham said, God will provide a sacrifice. I'm not sure where it's going to come from, but thank God he's going to do it. And of course he did. Now, so this is the confidence we have in him, which comes as a result of relationship with him. For I know him. Hallelujah. That's where we want to get to. Can you say amen? And not only that, but it says, you know, it says in Hebrews chapter 10 and 35, it says, it says, don't cast away your confidence, which has what? Great recompense of reward. You have need of endurance in that after you have done the will of God. See, I'm going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep on obeying. I'm going to keep on doing the word of God. I'm not going to allow selfishness. I'm not going to allow envy. I'm not going to allow jealousy. I'm not going to allow strife into my life. I'm going to do what he told me to do. Even though a lot of times in my flesh, I don't want to. But I know that the path that he has for me where the blessing of God is, is to obey his word and to forgive if that's what is necessary or not to take offense or whatever it is. I refuse to do these things. Why? Because I want the blessing of God in my life. Amen. Amen. It's not about the way I feel. It's not even the way that I think. You know, oh, God, I've been mistreated. I mean to tell you, man, they just did me wrong, you know, and all that. Well, that may be true, but that's not what God has called you to do. Can I get a witness? No, he said, praise God, forgive. Let the whole thing run off your back like water off a duck's back and just keep on going. Hallelujah. Don't even take the time to pay attention to it. Amen. You say, well, that's a whole lot easier said than done. It can be done if you've got a relationship with him. How was it that these men, you talk about magnanimity, how was it that these men could say, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing? Why could Stephen do that? It's because he had a relationship with God. That's supernatural grace any way you look at it. You know, 
I mean, here he is while they're stoning him and he's praying for him. Wow. Are you with me? So, it says, don't ever cast away your confidence. It has a great recompense or reward. You have need of patience in that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come. But now the just shall live by faith. And we are not of those that draw back under perdition or destruction, but thank God we're of those that believe to the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. So we're just going to keep on keeping on. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Got seven more minutes. Would you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17? Let's take a look at this guy. Woo, glory to God. I tell you what, I have just preached myself happy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look with me, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Talking about two different Bible characters that did it right. Amen. I don't want to read about Saul and try to follow his path. That didn't work out so good. Yeah, I mean, you can read about it, but <laughs> don't follow him. Amen. Let it be a lesson, an admonition not to do what it is that he did. All right, you know the story about David. Uh, you know, um, uh, God had rejected Saul because he was an oddhead. And uh, he, essentially, basically what he did is he, 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 chose, he, he stopped following God and he got weird. Christians do it all the time. You don't ever see them again. Next time you see them, you know, you talk to them and, and their, whole, every, their whole perspective is jaded and jacked. Why? Because they haven't been where they belong. Are you listening to me? It's no wonder they're squirrely. Amen? You know, and so, so don't ever do that. Don't ever allow yourself. I mean, if you got to tie, a, tie yourself to the church with a chain and a padlock and throw the key away. Are you listening to me? People do it all the time. I mean, we got people that have been, say, you know, born again. They don't even go to church. They don't think it's important. They're not a part of the body life of the church. They don't serve within the kingdom. They're just out there doing their own thing. Well, that's kind of sad. Huh? So anyway, here's David, another guy. And uh, this, is, this is so good because, again, uh, Saul had been rejected. And so God sent Samuel to anoint David to be the king in his stead. And we don't have time to get into all that. You can read it for yourself. It's a great story. Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, but then let's, let's get to the place where... Um, David is asked by his father to take some provision to, the, to his brothers, his three oldest uh, brothers, and find out how they were doing and so on and so forth. So he does that. Well, he gets into the middle of this thing, you know, and all the uh, servants of Saul and the, you know, army of Saul is talking about this guy named Goliath. And I mean, you know, when you read about him, he is absolutely, I mean, ominous. And, you know, and everybody was afraid of him. I mean, for crying out loud, he was nine foot Nine, well, you know, maybe 10 foot tall and huge. I mean, how, how, how are you going to go about that, you know? And uh, so anyway, the king's doing everything he can, baiting all of his, you know, soldiers. You know, if anybody goes out there and kill him, man, I mean, you, know, you won't ever pay taxes again. You can have my daughter for marriage. You know, a lot of good things can happen. But nobody was taking him up on it because they said, I ain't no way I'm ever going to be able to experience and enjoy what the king's offering because I'll be dead. So here comes David, and he goes, the king said, what? He said, yeah. He says, you know, you'll be able to marry his daughter. You'll be, you know, free from taxes in your house. I mean, you know, a lot of different things and whatever. And he goes, 
I like this, you know. And here he is, a young kid, and his biggest, his oldest brother, you know, uh, you know, chided him for, for his deal. He said, why don't you just go back with them few sheep? You got to understand that there's something going on in David's life that nobody knows anything about, and that is that he's out there taking care of them sheep, playing that harp, worshiping God, learning about God, reading the Word of God, and his life is being transformed, and nobody knows anything about it. Here's the truth of the matter, is, is this 17-year-old kid walked into the middle of this crowd, and he's the only one who had faith in God. No one else did. Remember, remember God rejected Saul and he wasn't a person of faith at all. He was clearing the sticks and all these guys that are around him, they're the same way. Even Abner, all of them. I mean, they didn't have anything going on. And here comes this young kid and he's got faith. Why? Because he has a relationship with God and he got it out there when he was taking care of them sheep. So this deal, in other words, he walks in with the kind of confidence that most people, you know, only dream about. He had absolute assurance. Listen to what he says in verse 32. Samuel 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, hey, let no man's heart fail thee. I mean, come on, who says that? A 17-year-old kid who's got faith in his heart because of a relationship he has with God. So he has confidence. He has assurance. Actually, it's extraordinary confidence, doesn't he? He said, let no, man fail, uh, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight against him. You're but a youth. He's a man of war from his youth. So David counters this opposition that comes from the king with his history, with God, and relationship with God. Notice what he goes on to say in verse 34. David said to Saul, your, your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, smote him, delivered it, uh, the, the sheep out of his mouth, and when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard. I smote and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. Listen to the confidence of this. Out of the hand of this Philistine, <laughs> and Saul said, go, and the Lord be with you. Now, I can tell you for sure, everyone was standing around saying, this is not going to be pretty. They had no faith, they had no confidence, and they had no assurance. So Saul, you know, dresses him up. He says, now this ain't going to work. I don't know nothing about all this. I haven't proved it. I don't need it. Just give me my, my shepherd's staff and let me have my slingshot. You know, well, of course, he goes out there. The Goliath says, you got to be kidding me. Am I a dog? You come out here. Come here. I'm going to feed you to the, you know. <laughs> and David says, hey, you're coming to me with a sword and spear. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today, you're going to be the one that goes down. What confidence? Right. right. Why? Because of relationship. Are you listening to me? What a guy. Kid, actually. 
you know? Now, here's the thing about this, as we're reading here, <clears throat> David was not surprised that Goliath died, but everyone else was, weren't they? I think about it, you know, and here's the reason why. David's the only one that had faith. You know, like I said, they looked around and go, oh my God, do, do we really want to watch? This is not going to be pretty. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of some type of a sports game, and there's 8.6 seconds left, and there's seemingly no way that this could ever turn out the way that it should. And somehow, by some matter of circumstance, everybody that's down in the mouth cannot see this thing ever turning out to their advantage. All of a sudden, they win. What happens? People erupt. And that's exactly what happened in this story. They're all going, oh my God, this is going to be terrible. He goes out there, boom. And the guy goes down, he goes and chops his head. People go wild. All of Israel, I mean, they're screaming, hey, let's go get him. That's exactly what happened. Why? Because one kid had a thing called faith and he got it from having a relationship with God. And so he had confidence and assurance that I tell you what, praise God, I'm going to go out there and, and you're mine. Amen. And it wasn't, it wasn't some arrogant kind of thing. It wasn't, you know, he was doing this in his own strength. What? No, he had a relationship and he had confidence and he had assurance. And you know what? You can too. And, and I know to some degree at least that you do. And even like being here tonight, I know you got to be helped because you can be sure. You can be confident. Amen. You can have the assurance that God will stand beside you, you know. <clears throat> Jesus is another one. You know, he was, never, he was never surprised at the outcome. When those 10 lepers got healed, he said, weren't there 10 that got healed? There's only one that come back. What happened to the other guys? No, he was absolutely sure. You know, in, in John chapter 5, and verse 19, he said, I can't of my own self do nothing, but as I hear, that's what I do. So he walked in that confidence in every situation that he found himself to be in. He said, I can't of my own self do nothing, but what he sees the Father do that's what he does. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. So to conclude for tonight, let me just say this to you. Faith is the result of relationship, and relationship leads us to a place of confidence toward God. So you want to have more faith? Spend more time with him. You know, get away. Play your harp. I mean, you can pray on play your harp, but... You know, what did he do? He was out there worshiping God and he was building a relationship with him. And so, and, and so the thing, you know, think about this. I'm going to read this scripture to you because I think it, it uh, this is in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, Samuel was a prophet. He says, how, got, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. Now listen, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Now listen to this. For I have provided me a king among his sons. Now why is that important? It's because 
because David had a relationship with God that nobody else knew about, and God said, I've provided for myself a king for all of Israel, and it's that guy out there that nobody knows anything about, and I'm choosing him because of his heart. You know, he said he was a man after God's own heart. So here he is, he's out here in all this, you know, with a relationship with him, and he says, you go out there and anoint him. You know, he went through the other seven sons because, you know, Samuel was looking at all of them and saying, well, he's tall, he's good looking, he's whatever, you know, and God says, no, you look on the outward, I look at the heart. Hallelujah. So if we turn our heart toward God, and we say, God, not your will, my will, or I'm, wait a minute, let me flip that around. Not my will, but your will, then you're on the right path. Amen? And, and you can, you can, you'll rise from obscurity, I will guarantee you. Because you can be out, I mean, it's just like his oldest brother. He said, you, you know, you come out of there with, you know, you're taking care of a few sheep. He wouldn't take care of a few sheep after, you know, when it was all said and done, was he? Make it a point to spend some time with him. It'll probably bless you and help you. Let's stand. <clears throat> Glory to God. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes we make so much work out of this, you know. I mean, if we just spend time with him, we'd all always be transformed. Think about Moses. He went up there 40 days, come back like glowing in the dark. Neon, baby. Why? Because he'd been with him. You know, it, it isn't, oh, now I gotta get this and I gotta do that. No, it's just to be with him. You know, Jesus chose 12 that they might be with him so that he could pour into them what was in him. And they changed the world. Hallelujah. All right, Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your living word. And Father, as, as your children, I wanna thank you for the help. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your help. Help, Father, to see things as you see, to call those things that be not as though they were. Thank you, Lord God, for faith within our hearts as you speak to us, as you minister to us, as your word is revealed to us. How grateful we are, Father. Glory to God, because we know, Father, that you said in your word that if we would follow you, that you would make us who we were intended to be. And so that's our quest, that's our pursuit, and that's our desire. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. How many glad you came tonight? All right, let's go ahead and be seated. We're going to receive a quick offering, then we'll cut you loose.